Hello, and welcome to the Over and Back Classic NBA Podcast. I am Jason, and with me as usual is Rich. Hello, Rich. Hey, how's it going? Doing great. Uh, excited for some uh, good times uh, this playoffs. It's been, uh, you know, we if nothing else, we've seen some awesome uh, LeBron James performances, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But uh, yeah, yeah, things are good. How about you? It's good. Yeah, I've been enjoying the playoffs a lot. Um, first round was incredible. <laughs> that was one of my one of my favorite first rounds ever. It just seemed like there was a lot of chaos going on. Yeah, things kind of settled in the, the the semifinals, but these finals have been pretty nuts as well. We're recording this on uh, on Sunday the twentieth, and uh, yeah, it's been a little back and forth. Cleveland's back in the series. It's it's, it's been fun. It's been uh, it's interesting. It's it's really firing up for a real good uh, uh, semi a real good conference finals, and then obviously a real good. Uh, NBA Finals, so it's it's, it's playoff time. Like yeah. Any you know, it's pizza. It's like, have you, has there ever been a truly bad NBA playoffs? Like ever, where you're like, well, that playoffs stunk. Like, there's always something good in there. Yeah, there's always something that you enjoy. Like, yeah, you, it's a good point. Like, even when it's not the best basketball, it's still it's still basketball, it's still the NBA. So it's uh, you know, it, it would have to get to some pretty horrid depths for me to not enjoy it at least in some level. But yeah, like yeah, even last year when Golden State was kind of buzzsawing to everybody, that was still fun. It was like, oh, okay, well, Golden State might not ever lose. Yeah, so that's gonna be fun. Yeah. Let's right. watch that. Like, yeah, so it's always good. I mean, the only one maybe with a lone exception is like uh, there was that one Spurs run. I think what maybe 2005 where they just won every game like 73 to 68 or something well, like that yeah. and it was like but even then that was like there were close games they were just you know sure you know, very very not not the best ever but yes so no. well uh we're going to delve into uh some some good and some bad in lebron james's career uh some of his best games of his uh playoffs career some of his uh, worst games uh, we're gonna uh, go by um basketball references a uh, game score metric in our list although we're gonna talk about some other uh famous uh, and infamous ones as well um but yeah, that'll uh, be a fun topic. There were some, there were ones that obviously were, were pretty easily remembered here that were my most memorable uh, games in his career that are, you know, you see highlights all the time. They're talked about quite a bit, but there was some that like I'd kind of just forgotten about, like that you know, were a little bit out of the, um, out of the blue, so to speak. And uh, so it was a nice little jog down memory lane. Yeah, and of course we're doing the, the bad games as well, and you know, obviously we always do that. I think a few years ago we did like the Michael Jordan's worst playoff games or worst games thing or whatever. We yeah. always enjoy that too because it's a it's a fun little look. And uh, yeah, one one of the conclusions you're going to come to, similar to what we did in the in the Jordan's worst games one, is that LeBron doesn't have a whole lot of bad games. So they really stick out the ones that are really bad, and even then, like some of the worst ones and, and ones that are kind of historically regarded as like his worst games or the biggest playoff chokes or whatever. He's still you know <laughs> the game score is still pretty good, and like he still obviously is contributing on many levels of, of the game even if it is a pretty bad performance for him relative. But, like, yeah, you know, some is, one game is, like, he's got 9.7 rebounds and 8 assists, and it's like, oh, he's stunk. Yeah, like, it's like a Jason you know Kidd I mean? game, you know. So. And that's like a normal Draymond Green game, and it's, right. like, awesome. Like, Draymond Green's great, you know. It, but it's just, like, the the expectations, obviously, for a guy like a LeBron is that, yeah, like a near triple-double is just not going to do it, buddy. Right. Like, you know, it's just it's not nearly good enough. So it's kind of fun to look at that as well. So we look at the best, we look at the worst, and we look at uh, also some comparisons of where he ranks uh, playoff-wise. Uh, among other uh, all-time great players too so yeah absolutely so uh so we'll start with the best games uh the first one is from uh 2009 uh, may 20th it is game one in the eastern conference finals the Cavs battling the magic and uh lebron 49 points on uh on 7 12 two shooting percentage six rebounds eight assists three blocks only two turnovers and uh this actually came in a loss though it was 107 to uh, 106 um Rashard Lewis actually made a, a three-pointer to uh, seal the game. This was Cleveland's first loss of the uh, playoffs uh, in that year after they swept the, the earlier two series and only their third loss in 46 home games uh, that season. So that's uh, obviously pretty incredible. At the end, uh, Cleveland failed to score on some shots by Delonte West and uh, Mo Williams. LeBron James, that infamous uh, supporting cast that he had in uh, 2009. <laughs> that team was so good, too. And like the, everybody else just stunk. Like you, <laughs> Right there, he said key shots by Delante West and Mo Williams. But yeah, that team was a dynamo, man. I mean, that team was having a lot of fun and that that felt like, you, you know, and, and particularly in this series was like the last little gasp of air for the, the Cleveland. And obviously they come back the next year. We'll talk about that that next year and they were still very good the next year. Yeah. But this was like, oh my God, these guys are awesome. They're having fun. They're, you know, just cruising up and down the court. Like this was the year for Cleveland Cavaliers. And then they met Hito Turkoglu and Richard Lewis and all the uh, Dwight Howard and these magic. But uh, yeah, and this was one of those games too that I remember. I mean, LeBron was as good as you can be. I mean, literally, his best game and they still lost it was like he gave a, 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 you know one of his best efforts ever and it was just still not enough and it really kind of was a preview for what was going to come in the series yeah I feel like those early calves like they actually by this point they were 
you know, they, they had built a really good team of role players around LeBron that were pretty, like, complimentary mm-hmm. for what he should be doing. They actually had some shooting. They had, you know, they had, you know, Vergeau doing the rookie, you know, stuff like that. They actually had built a fairly smart team around LeBron, but it was still a bunch of role players around LeBron. And, like, you know, when everyone in the playoffs, when everyone's keying around LeBron, the other guys just, you know, weren't quite good enough to deliver. And, and you know, they were very close in certain situations. I mean, you know, this, this Magic series went only six games, but, you know, it was a relatively close series for the most part. You know, it was it wasn't like uh, they were that far off from, you know, making the finals or winning a championship. It was just like, it was like one of those things where, yeah, it was like actually a smartly constructed team. It just like the talent wasn't quite good enough around him. Yeah, if you look at the the juxtaposition of this team and 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 like you're saying that sort of era to what we have today, I mean, this team was filled with like three point shooters too, which is kind of weird yeah. in this era where it wasn't as dependent. But you had a guy like a Damon Jones who would just his only job was sit in the corner, and when LeBron gets double and triple teamed, I'm going to pass it out to Damon Jones or whatever. But like, yeah, that becomes an issue <laughs> in the playoffs when you're like you're relying on your Damon Jones as your Delonte West, your Mo Williams, and that sort of yeah. things. But yeah, it was a really well, like you said, a very well constructed team, a team that seemed like they had everything going and and it constructed itself pretty well around LeBron. It wasn't you know. It, it, yeah, they're they're just a really interesting team, and yeah, I really wish they would have made you know an NBA Finals just to kind of see how they would have fared and and see how you know historically things would have went for for LeBron in that first uh, run in Cleveland. But yeah, I mean this one uh, really really fun team, really good team, but yeah, just ultimately uh, the Magic were just better. Right. Yes. Uh, Dwight Howard had thirty and thirteen in this game. Uh, in fact, he uh, had a a very thunderous a slam dunk that caused the shot clock to fall backwards. Uh, and uh, he did Turkoglu had fifteen points and fourteen assists. I, I can't imagine Turkoglu passing that much, but uh, I guess he just he was feeling it that day. And, I guess when the ball gets ripped out of your hands and someone picks it up, I guess they <laughs> sometimes start calling those just assists. Yeah, <laughs> that seems that seems the only logical way that Hito Turkoglu had fourteen. Assists. No, he was amazing in that series. I don't. He understand. was really good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Lewis was really series. good too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think Rashard Lewis missed like one shot the entire series <laughs> right. it's some ridiculous number we sure. we at one point have looked it up but i think one time we did a, a a run of numbers the magic in this series and it was like you know michael petrus had like you know shot like 95 percent from the field it right. was just just unbelievable yeah. the magic's performance this entire series absolutely so um yeah so so cleveland of course as we um this is not the game where uh, lebron of course since they lost it was not the the game where he had the uh famous uh uh, game-winning three. That was game two of the series. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, later. But uh, after Cleveland salvage split at home, the Magic won game three and four in Orlando. Game two, four was only won by two points. Uh, then Cleveland won game five uh, by 10 at home, but then lost in game six uh, in Orlando by 13 points. Uh, Dwight had 40 and 14 in that game. Uh, people remembering uh, Dwight Howard coming up in big games. It was a long time ago, but he used to do that. Um and yeah, like I said, Magic surprised a lot of people by winning the series. And though in retrospect, you know, it was kind of demonstrated as we talked about that despite having 66 wins, the Cavs didn't really have much reliable in the playoffs beyond LeBron. And you know, the Magic were ahead of the tur- ahead of the curve in terms of you know having a pace and space style that was you know really going to uh, take over the league. Always, obviously, the Suns had already certainly played that way, but you know, it was evolving even beyond that. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, this Orlando team had a lot of length too, almost similar to you know what what you know today's Golden State Warriors and that kind of what everybody's going for, like everybody be six eight type thing. Right. And that's sort of I mean you had like Hito Turkoglu playing like shooting guard, and so you know what I mean sure. like it was it was a very well balanced team. Obviously they still had you know some true positions in terms of Dwight Howard, you know feeding him down low or whatnot. But but he at that point was still really good at doing kind of the the, the pick and roll, and then he later started to not only you know want to get the ball in the block, and that's kind of and then you know obviously became a, a turd that nobody likes now, which is kind of the Dwight Howard thing. But people liked him at the time and he was very good at this time but no he was an awesome rim protector uh, awesome at the pick and roll and they just had yeah a team of shooters uh, a team of, of of quick guys that could get up and down the court and guys that could guard almost every position as well I mean there was a lot of dudes that could guard almost any position on the floor as well so it's just uh, it was it is a team that was a little bit of a peek into the future of what would kind of become uh pretty prominent in the NBA so uh 11 days earlier uh in uh Game three against the Hawks in the Eastern Conference uh, second round. Uh, LeBron had his what is considered his second best uh, playoff performance according to uh, to game score. Uh, 47 points on 7.33 shooting percentage, uh, 12 rebounds, 8 assists, just one turnover. It, this was in a 67-82 win, uh, and it was the um, Cavs' seventh straight uh playoff double-digit win, which set a playoff record, and that would extend to eight in the uh, next game as it was a four-game sweep, and the Cavs won that game by uh, 10 points. So, um, and after the game, LeBron said that uh, there's only a few guys in this league that can get into a zone like that, and I'm blessed to have the ability to be one of those guys. You you just feel like you can make pretty much every shot you take. Uh, in fact, he normally rested uh, during a uh, in a few minutes early in the uh, fourth quarter, but he actually asked to uh, stay in the game heading into the final period and 
coach Mike Brown was not about to disagree, and he just kept nope. uh, he just kept making shots. Um, and there was also a uh, a overzealous Atlanta f- fan near the court who kept uh, jawing, and I promise it wasn't me who was uh, jawing with. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I was gonna, that was my next question. Is Jason? <laughs> Do you have something to tell us? No, with Le- LeBron, uh, but LeBron uh, kept uh, making shots. His quote was: "A gentleman over there decided to talk back with me. It's happened in the past. It usually doesn't work out good for the other team." So. <laughs> Not a lot notable about the uh, Hawks here. They were pretty much uh, outclassed through the entire uh, series, uh, as it w- it would happen in a four-game sweep in which uh, the Cavs won uh, by double digits every game. Uh, but yeah, there's another uh, awesome game by LeBron here. Yeah, we'll move on to uh, 2016. This is Game 6 of the NBA Finals versus the Warriors. LeBron has 41 points on a 67.2 true shooting percentage, 8 rebounds, 11 assists, 4 steals, 3 blocks, and only 1 turnover. Uh, this is a famous game, of course, because Cleveland won uh, at home 115-101 to 101, uh, to tie the series after going down 3-1, the famous you know down 3-1 comeback. Uh, this was tying the series. This came after a 41-16-7, 3 game in Golden State. Kyrie Irving also scored 41 in that game. That was the Game 5. Um, and then that was the game without Draymond Green. He got suspended. I forget what the hell he did. He hit, did he hit someone in the nuts again? Yeah, sure it was LeBron, was. Okay. actually. He hit the nuts. Oh, yeah, so, right, right, yeah. right. I, was, <laughs> I just assume he hit somebody in the nuts. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that seems like the, the obvious uh, Draymond Green suspension thing is, is is that. So, yeah, that's when he was uh, – that was the year where he was just hitting everybody in the nuts like, yeah. all the time. People were like, all right, dude, what are yeah. you doing? <laughs> you have to stop doing that. Yes. He was like, I don't know what I'm – I think it wasn't – he was just like, I, can't I don't know what just It's like, no, you can't – you have to stop doing that. Yeah. You have to stop hitting people in the yeah. nuts. You cannot keep doing that. But uh, James was the uh, first player to have consecutive uh, 40 point games in the finals since old Shaquille O'Neal in 2000 his former Cavs teammate Shaquille O'Neal yes. of course uh who can forget who can forget Shaq yeah. <laughs> Cavs run that we had um so this is obviously a little uh, from the uh, NBA.com game score. The two-time champion had a hand in 27 consecutive points and 35 of 36 during a stretch in the second half and put away the Warriors after they had trimmed a 24-point deficit uh, to seven. James scored 17 in the fourth uh, before checking out to a thunder ovation in the final minutes as Cleveland fans chanted Cavs in seven and see you Sunday. Uh, in this game, Steph Curry also got tossed with uh, four minutes and 22 seconds left after he was called for his sixth personal foul. He cursed several times at an official, fired his mouthpiece in front of a row, and sh- uh, into the first row and struck a fan. I remember that as well. This was uh, a yeah. weird, like, Wasn't uncharacteristic unraveling from the Warriors. Yeah, it was, uh, it was certainly a yeah. lot of stuff building up with Draymond getting suspended and, and, and Steph tossing his, his mouthpiece into the crowd. So, yeah, and I think that actually hit one of the Cavs co owners, um, if I remember correctly. <laughs> and, um, and that was also when, uh, when Steph's wife uh, tweeted about the uh, about it being rigged, and uh, you know, oh, right. got a lot of backlash yeah, about right. that. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was nuts. That whole thing. That, that's that, serious, I mean, man. That serious yeah, is incredible. Yeah, that, that was incredible. Yeah, I mean that's that's gonna be it's gonna be hard to top that again. Yeah, uh, in, in terms of just just the the amazing things that happened in that series, uh, and you know, and obviously the we've had two of those in recent times with the you know uh, the first Heat Spurs series as well. I mean, we've had two of the most amazing basketball series that you know i can uh, ever recall happening you know within just a, a couple of years time it's gonna uh, ho- you know i'm sure at some point we're gonna get some great stuff like that but that's you know pretty remarkable that we've been able to uh you know live through that right and then you know game seven was obviously a boring affair with nothing really important oh wait no <laughs> sure. it was like one of the greatest games ever <laughs> it was incredible yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. serious a lot of missed shots down the stretch but the, the excitement intensity was exactly better. yeah it, one of those ones execution that, like, not quite as much uh, right yes, right so. right it was kind of a yeah. lot of people failing miserably but it, it's fine like that that right. kind of works pretty well in in, in terms yeah. of the context of, of kind of a final fun game so that was a sure yeah it, it, lots of drama and big moments obviously right so. absolutely yes so uh, next one is uh, also very recently from uh, May 3rd, uh, 2018, and uh, it is a uh, game two against the Raptors in the oh, Eastern the Conference uh, second round. <laughs> the wounds are still, <laughs> yeah, they're still, still tender. They're still yeah. fresh, so I'm not going <laughs> to dig in too deeply, but uh, I will mention uh, 43 points on uh, on 696 true shooting, eight rebounds, 14 assists, only one turnover. This was the first uh, 40 points, 14 assist playoff game in NBA history. And uh, this was Cleveland's second straight win on the road. It was 128 to 110. This was coming one game after LeBron had his now famous running one-handed banked in game winner in uh, game one. One of the weirdest uh, buzzer beaters uh, in uh, both LeBron's uh, history and in really NBA history. Uh, And I I think really the thing that stood out to me in this game and, and really these total playoffs is just the degree of difficulty, both of LeBron's shots and passes. I mean, in this game, he was just making fadeaway jumper after fadeaway jumper in the game. And that's obviously, you know, um, 
unusual for LeBron. I mean, he's obviously a great offensive player and, and certainly can make a lot of clutch shots, but obviously you're not going to see that all the time. But um, but he's demonstrated that a lot, both in that and, and really in his passing of just like threading the needle. I mean, he's always been a great passer, but it just feels like um, he's even gotten better at that aspect of his game as he's gotten older. Yeah, and I remember in this series particular, in this game in particular, I should say, where it was, it felt like he was just like trying shots, like, see, uh, let me try this, <laughs> like, let's see, like, and the Raptors were playing good defense. There was just like literally nothing you could do. They knew what it was coming. They knew he was trying a shot, and like, yeah, he just hit everything. And like you said, yeah, the passing was just so incredible in this uh, the Raptors series. And obviously, it's fresh in the mind, so we're, we're talking about it as you know, <laughs> as we had seen it because it's only happened you know um, a few weeks ago. But yeah, this was an incredible series, and 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 what I remember as being an incredible game, like one of those ones that you feel like you're not going to get that many more of these left in LeBron's career. But but he he keeps doing them, so you're not really sure. It's like you know, I'm 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 at a point where I'm just not going to assume that LeBron's done until like he's actually done because it's just you know you don't think you would still get these at you know whatever he is what 35 I think now. Um, but, yeah, no, I think 33. But, or 33. But he's been around but, so long, it, it right? Yeah, like I mean, older, right. God, yeah. yeah. So like, <laughs> I would say I remember it's in high school and he's and I'm you know graduated college. I moved on. I've gotten it's just insane, incra- crazy what's happened you know in my life in his career or whatnot. But yeah, I mean, this is like one of those rare performances that that you know. I say rare performances, but they're really not. I mean, sometimes they they just happen a lot. But yeah, it was just incredible to watch him just do whatever he wanted on the basketball court. He just was in complete control of the game. Yeah, and it's just yeah, you wonder how long it will last, just because of the age and the stage of his career that he is in. I mean, he's going to be, I think, still a very good player for a long time. Is he going to be this great for you know, like, still arguably the greatest player in another couple of years? You know, we'll kind of see how that goes, and a lot of will, of course, depend on you know what situation he ends up being in after this season, and and so forth. You know, what kind of role he has on that team, whether it's he stays in Cleveland or whether he joins a super team somewhere else or forms one somewhere else or whatever, but. Um, yeah, definitely. I think the lesson of this show is, uh, as we've said, I think many times, appreciate LeBron for what we have right now because it's like I said, it's among the most amazing basketball that's ever been played in the history of the game. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the uh, the next uh, next game is uh, also from 2018, April uh, 18th. It was a game two against the Pacers in the first round. Uh, 46 points on uh, 774 true shooting, 12 rebounds, five assists, three steals. Excuse me, two steals, three turnovers. Eh, you know, uh, but yeah, that, that oh, slight negative. But uh, yeah, he. Um, this was in a 197 win. It came after the Cavs lost uh, lost game one, uh, and this was the first time that LeBron LeBron had lost a game one in the first round f- for the first time in his career. So um, he had never lost a game one in the first round before uh, this time. Uh, and this, I think, was a tougher-than-expected series for a lot of people. I mean, the Cavs, um, they had had their struggles in the regular season, but they'd had some struggles in previous regular seasons and then kind of ran through the playoffs. And, uh, it, it, of course, has been weird this year because they had a, a tough time getting past the uh, Pacers but and then really easy time getting past the Raptors and struggled early against the uh, Celtics. We're in the midst of that series. We don't know how that will uh, turn out. but um, So it's just been kind of uh, unexpected in how it's worked out. And in fact, five games in this series were decided by four points or less. The Pacers uh, won the other two games, 98-80s uh, to 80s and 121-87. to 87. So they destroyed the Cavs in the point differential, but the Cavs won the series by uh, their four games. They won by a total of just 14 points. So, uh, and um, this was not the game where um, LeBron hit his uh, now famous game winning three at the uh, buzzer that evoked his 2009 shot against Orlando. That was uh, game five of the series. We'll get into a little bit more about that there, but uh, from the recap of the game, uh, LeBron scored the game's first 16 points at 29 and a half time and just basically uh, you know, came on uh, early and they were able to, you know, hold off the um, Pacers down the stretch. Uh, Oladipo missed a, a three-pointer that, you know, could have uh, tied the game and changed the series, but uh, but the Cavs were able to pull it out. Yeah, we'll move on to our next game here. This is uh, game four of the um, – I'm trying to remember if I went to this game or I went to, I went to one game in the series. I don't recall which one it was, but I don't know LeBron uh, definitely died in one of these games. It was uh, April 25th, 2010, game four versus the Bulls in the Easter Conference uh, first round. Um, you know, I think this – I'm looking at this game. I think this was the one I went to. Yeah, that was um – it was it was unique. It was pretty fun. I I enjoyed it. I mean, I was a guy who like you know I was obviously a Bulls fan, but I was kind of there being like, yeah, you know, it's pretty cool watching LeBron dominate my team. So uh, and he did dominate thirty seven points on eighty six point 
6.4 true shooting percentage, 86.4 true shooting, uh, 12 rebounds, 11 assists, two steals, only two turnovers. Um, LeBron led uh, the Cavs in that game in points, rebounds, and assists, as he is wont to do many times. Uh, and this was a game four win, uh, 121-98. Uh, in this is a five-game sweep, or uh, five-game gentleman sweep, I should say. Um, by the Cavaliers in this uh, Eastern Conference uh, first round. This was the uh, the Cavs were the one seed this time. The Chicago was the scrappy eight seed Bulls. Um, and this uh, this was obviously LeBron's first time owning the Bulls, but would definitely not be the last. We'll get to a few more of those as, as we go on. But yeah, he uh, he made a quick work of the Bulls in many uh, subsequent years, both in Cleveland and in Miami. So this is kind of his first one. Uh, but from the game uh, recap here, LeBron had a terrific game with a triple double, but he really set the tone defensively. This is uh, head coach Mike Brown said. Uh, uh, he was terrific for us on the weak side. He was great on the ball. He talked defense the whole game. This is who we are, and this is who we want to be, especially at this time of the year. Uh, Joe Kim Noah, not that impressed. He's a very good player. <laughs> That's all he said, so that was good. Uh, and Noah was awesome in this game. He had 21-20, and 20, uh, so this was a really good performance from him. Uh, but, yeah, this was kind of an upstart Bulls team. They would obviously next year, you know, get kind of retooled. Derrick Rose would take the next step, win the MVP. But LeBron would still, you know, defeat them in the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, this is kind of a scrappy Bulls team that uh, wasn't quite there yet, but would start getting there. And the uh, LeBron, they were uh, they were a pretty good-looking team for right now. But um, they would – we'll talk about them this uh, this year in a little bit. It's obviously the 2010 uh, Cavaliers. Things would go a little bit different by the end of the year here. And, uh, obviously, LeBron, the next time he'd be beating the Bulls, he'd be on a different team. But, uh, yeah, here's the there's that one. And, and of course, the first time he, he – Shows the Bulls that he is the man and that they will never beat him. So, uh, good one. Yeah, I'm looking at this. This is absolutely the game that I went to. So, it's a pretty fun game uh, to go to. It's interesting that all of these games so far that we've discussed have been LeBron on the Cavs. But but this is the, fir- the first one. Uh, his highest ranking here as a member of the Heat is... Um, Game four versus the Nets in uh, 2014 in the Eastern Conference second round. This is from May 12th. And it's kind of hard to remember now since the the Garnett, Paul Pierce, Joe Johnson, Darren Williams, Nets era is largely remembered as, you know, a disaster that gutted the team because of so many draft picks being uh, sent out in those trades. But there was actually some fear at the time that the Nets could challenge the Heat. Uh, the Nets had swept the season series that year, and they had a really rough start to the season, but they actually did play well uh, for the second half of of the season kind of found something that that worked for them and um and, and actually the the series it was only a uh it was only a five game series but the nets actually kept it fairly close uh, they did take uh, game three but in, in game four lebron came back with a uh, another incredible stat line obviously 49 points on a 757 true shooting six rebounds three steals only one turnover and um from the uh NBA.com recap, he uh, shot 16 of 24 the, from, from the field and dominated the Nets, whether it was you know operating out of the post, driving to the rim, or pulling up from behind the arc. And I, I think this game is a real good showcase of LeBron expanding his versatility um, while in Miami. I mean, um, he was, and he th- he's talked about that and just he was able to, you know, be more efficient, be able to, you know, develop more of a post game, become a better three-point shooter. And, and it, it felt like he kind of had room to do that since he didn't always have to be the guy counted on to you know really deliver make every shot and deliver in every big moment he could when he when he needed to or when he wanted to step back and you know they had Wade and uh, Bosch you know to take over at certain points as well so I, I think that you know it allows for a situation where you can develop your game in other ways and be more complete by doing that and LeBron obviously was you know already an outstanding player but you know he just added some key pieces to his game that I think have served him as he's gotten older and you know his athleticism isn't isn't quite what it was obviously the first time around in Cleveland he obviously is still extremely athletic but he's able to you know expand his versatility and expand his depth as he's you know uh going forward yeah and if I remember I mean this is at a time too with the, with this heat team and, and a few years prior as well I think 2013 was a year where he was just like crazy efficient where it wasn't like he had to take 30 shots a game or whatever like he did in Cleveland we're talking about a lot of those big time Cleveland games where he had to do everything had to be the guy that scored every time had to you know put up every shot or whatever a lot of the Miami stuff was was him able to be a super efficient shooter you know he only shoot you know 15 times a game or whatever you know make 13 of them and then like affect the game in so many other different ways particularly on defense uh, where he was just incredible throughout the, almost the entire Miami uh, tenure so yeah like a lot of Miami games don't pop up here 
and that's probably by design. You know, he doesn't want to have to score 50 points and, and, and do everything in the game, and that's what made Miami so successful is that they had so many guys that LeBron could sort of take on that role of a guy who could do just a little bit of everything and be great at that, which is what he probably excels at even more uh, than being an, a, a dominant scorer. But, you know, obviously he's, he's great at being a dominant scorer too. But, yeah, it's, so you see the kind of difference there uh, with a lot of Cleveland games, a lot of those early Cleveland games popping up first uh, and then more recent Cleveland games, you know, coming up obviously now uh, versus, you know, Miami and then even his first tenure uh, back in – or his second tenure – uh, the first few years back in Cleveland where he was able to, you know, lean a little bit on Kyrie, lean a little bit more on Kevin Love, and now he's sort of, again, had to kind of take over that role uh, again. So we're seeing kind of the gaudy big numbers again where, you know, they, those don't jump out when he's at Miami. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and this game was uh, close. You know, the Nets were, were you know, pretty close in the series. Chris Bosh actually made a tie-breaking three-pointer in the final minute, and then uh, Ray Allen and James were able to clinch the games with the th- free throws, and, uh, and and game five would be tied as well. Miami would... Um, uh, wrap it up with a uh, 96-94. So again, uh, it's kind of uh, I, they did stick together for another year, I believe. But uh, yeah, this was a, a a sad coda to the uh, to, to the KG Pierce era, and it was uh, another uh, a- after you know, which we'll talk about in 2010. After you know, Le- LeBron was you know left Cleveland after you know not being able to beat the Celtics. He finally was able to uh, kind of own those guys uh, once he made it into uh, Miami. Although they certainly gave him a tough time from uh, at, at times. Yeah, and this does not seem like you said there. There is some you know if people kind of think it was an absolute disaster. I mean, they won nearly fifty games one year. I think they won forty nine. You know, they came back and and made okay playoff runs, made it to the semis in this year. Yeah, it wasn't a complete disaster. I mean, it was it's still obviously a, an unmitigated right. disaster, but at least there were some highs and there was a, a point where it was like, oh, this team might actually might actually do some stuff. And yeah, obviously they did. And they had a big upset. I think uh, that first year uh, the Bulls upset them in the playoffs, and they were a pretty good team and looked like they had a, a, a case to you know really make maybe even a, a, an Eastern Conference Finals run or whatever. But yeah, it just uh, wasn't a complete an utter disaster it's just you know in retrospect it 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 kind of is but you know at the time it was okay for a few years and then it you know now it's this whatever this is (laughs) whatever this is so whatever this is um yes so next we have uh from uh june 13th 2016 uh game five versus the warriors in the final we already uh, discussed it a bit above but worth restating that LeBron had a 41-16-7-3-3 game on a 6-12 true shooting percentage in a must-win game on the road against a 73-win team. And he'd also managed to go to the Warriors' best defensive player into getting a technical that led to a suspension the previous game. So uh, master a strategy uh, there. And uh, as LeBron and Kyrie Irving both had 41 points, and they became the first teammates to score 40 points in an NBA Finals game, which is pretty good. Absolutely. Uh, next game we have here is uh, April 29, 2018. Very recent here. Game 7 versus the Pacers. We mentioned the series a little bit. Uh, LeBron has 45 points in this game, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 4 steals, 4 turnovers, Game 7. Uh, and this looks like a game uh, where it looked like he was going to have to play 48 minutes before he cramped up in the third quarter, but the Cavs were able to deliver a big run without him, so that was good. Uh, George Hill, Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson all came out. Tristan Thompson in particular, who had really not been doing much at all this playoff series, including not playing all that much, uh, kind of showed up and, and, and sort of redefined find uh, their season maybe and maybe kind of save their season a little bit uh, they obviously wouldn't have been in the game if it weren't for LeBron's heroics but uh, and he came back and he was able to hold the uh, the Pacers at bay so they were able to you know fend off the Pacers and what would have been a, a complete I mean I cannot imagine the takes that would have happened if they lost to the Pacers on uh, the first round here but uh, yeah it's it's it was definitely a fascinating series but yeah the, the Cavs stepped up uh, and did some good work and, and yeah it was kind of the role players the guys had, that hadn't done a whole lot uh, in terms of George Hill Tristan Thompson and then obviously Kevin Love a guy who was relied upon a little bit to 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 kind of make up for LeBron's uh you know he was out for a little bit make up for what he did but yeah LeBron still is a big reason why they even got to this point then of course he you know cramps up and has issues and, da, 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 and he scores 45 points you know and he rebounds and seven assists because because he's LeBron so you know he's pretty good so that's uh pretty funny there but yeah they uh step off the uh uh the Pacers do not lose in the first round and move on to uh face the Raptors where they destroy them and then we smed we're kind of in the midst of the Cavaliers uh, uh, uh Celtics series right now so we don't know how that's gonna go but We'll see. Well, we will see. So, um, May 3rd, uh, 2006, uh, going back to uh, LeBron's first playoff series, a game five against the Wizards in the Eastern Conference first round. This was uh, the Cavs' first playoff appearance in 1998, uh, four or five seed here. Uh, and the Cavs uh, won this game 121 to 120. In fact, it was one of three games in the series that the Cavs won by only one point. Um, you know, the Cavs uh, and Wizards had what I would uh, say was a rivalry using air quotes with my fingers, but um, 
you know, during the mid 2000s, in, in general, it was pretty one sided, but this definitely, you know, was a competitive series. And LeBron's line in this game 45 points on 728 true shooting, seven rebounds, six assists, uh, four turnovers, but, uh, but that's the only minor uh, negative. Uh, Gilbert Arenas uh, also was great in this game and in this series. 44 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, and 3 turnovers. And there were lots of big shots in this series. Uh, in Game 3, LeBron hit a game winner over Michael Ruffin with 5.7 seconds left. And in this game, he hits a another game winner from the baseline with uh, 0.9 seconds left. Not technically a buzzer beater, but it was uh, very close to one, obviously, game winner there. Uh, and then for the Wizards, uh, Game 6... Um, Arenas uh, forced overtime with a three from 32 feet with just 2.3 seconds left. And then overtime, Damon Jones hit the series winning shot with uh, 4.8 seconds left. So uh, some great stuff here. I, this is kind of something I, I remember this series kind of vaguely, but I'd forgotten just how competitive and how tough and LeBron hitting two big game winning shots. And I, I feel like I could be misremembering this, but I feel like this is the same series where um, LeBron was criticized for like, instead of taking the shot, he, you know, passed like Daniel Marshall and then Daniel Marshall missed a shot. It, it, it may not have been this series but it was definitely Mm -hmm. you know this playoffs or the next playoffs where it was just like um i don't know we were so stupid about how we talked about lebron for a long time i mean you know people still kind of are but it was really really bad early on and he like delivered like even in clutch moments very early on in his career yeah it's always yeah and it's always been an issue with me and it's a big reason why i've been you know obviously living in chicago particularly (laughs) it's even more grating when it's like eh, michael jordan wouldn't pass the ball and i'm like no he he i mean Game, <laughs> 1993 and 1997 okay all right that's fine yeah. whatever yeah you're right he, yeah. he took every shot and scored every, okay that's fine whatever like but it, yeah it was very much at this time it was like you know anytime they would lose a game and 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 maybe he would like oh he needs to assert himself more <laughs> he's got like 45 points like you know and that's the best play if you're getting triple teamed like you know passing to you know daniel marshall's not always gonna make the shot but maybe he does sometimes but the thing that i love most about this is you're listing all these guys like who the hell are these guys you know what i mean lebron is still playing and you mentioned michael ruffin daniel marshall Gilbert Arenas, Damon, like that feels like 40 years ago. And like it, it's, you know, and it is a long time ago, but it's just funny how like LeBron, his career spans such an ungodly amount of time that those names feel like, so, like Michael Ruffin, <laughs> like how I know we're making, we're making Curtis Harris's blood boil by just even ma- mentioning Michael Ruffin, but like Michael Ruffin was in the league and like playing substantial minutes when LeBron was like three or four years into his career already. Like, what are we talking about? He's still going and he's still good. It's just unbelievable how long this guy's career is gone. Like Michael Ruffin. <laughs> Michael Ruffin. Does it feel like Michael yes. Ruffin played like 45 years ago? But <laughs> it, does, it feels like a long time, yes. Uh, for sure. Daniel yeah, Marshall. Fun fact, yeah. <laughs> uh, fun fact that I have to mention as an Ohioan, uh, when the Cavs advanced to play the Pistons in the next round, it was the first time that major professional teams from Michigan and Ohio had met in a postseason series or game since 1957, uh, and the uh, Cavs did take the heavily favored Pistons to a, a tough seven-game series that they ultimately lost. In fact, they had a 3-2 lead in that uh, series as well. LeBron did play very well in that series despite the uh, despite the loss there. So, um, but you know, given where he was in his career, it was uh, you know a uh, loss to a very incredible Pistons team at that at po- that point was uh, completely reasonable. Absolutely, yeah, they were a veteran team as well. So it's you know it's obviously still a very young LeBron at that point, young you know uh, kind of a mishmash Cleveland team or whatever. But yeah, to still take them that close. Mostly is, is is definitely remarkable, and yeah, it doesn't probably get enough credit. Um, and we should mention this game as well, since we're speaking about the Pistons and we're talking about the early LeBron Cavs. Uh, game five of the 2007 Eastern Conference Finals, Cavs win 109-107 in overtime. But the real story is LeBron's historic performance, and you have probably watched this YouTube video if you weren't alive for it. But it is an incredible one. Um, about midway through the fourth quarter, James has 19 points. The Cavs are leading 79-78. Uh, it's about six, yeah, about six minutes left uh, in the game. Uh, LeBron then hit a 17-foot jump shot. And then over the next 16 minutes of the game, he would score 29 of Cleveland's next 30 points, including the team's final 25 points on 11 of 13 shooting from the field. He'd force overtime on a driving dunk with nine seconds remaining and then finish the game off in double overtime with a driving layup with just two seconds left. Unbelievable game. Yeah, if you've never seen this performance, go see. And, and Detroit knows that LeBron's scoring on them. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like they were like, oh, well, you know, keep an eye on, you know, Damon Jones in the corner there. They were like, no, we know that LeBron's going to try. It didn't matter. He was just on another level at this point, too. Driving, shooting, it just was unbelievable what he was doing. Uh, and what's important about this game, too, Cleveland would go up 3 2 in this series. They would then win game six. And like you said, vanquish what happened the prior year. Uh, LeBron would reach his first NBA finals. They would, of course, lose to the Spurs, which again was another veteran team. And the Cavs were just not made for it. When, you know, when Drew Gooden's your second best player, probably not 
meant for uh, an NBA play, uh, an NBA title. But uh, the final line for LeBron in that game: uh, forty-eight points, seven assists, nine rebounds in over fifty minutes of game. Uh, thirty-eight point one game score. It's actually tied for his twelfth best game score of all time, which is pretty funny when you score you know twenty-nine to thirty points, including twenty-five straight. Uh, it's only your twelfth best game score of all time because you are a good player and your name is LeBron James. So. Yes, you pretty good, LeBron James. That's a, a key takeaway from the show. He's not bad. <laughs> That's our description so. for the show. LeBron, pretty yeah. good at basketball. Like, pretty like good. Joe Kim Noah, like Joe Kim Noah's quote. He's a yeah. very good well, basketball player. <laughs> I guess we agree with Joe Kim Noah <laughs> yeah. then. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, so, LeBron has five buzzer beaters uh, buzz in his career. Um, the And we've talked about some of them already, but it's worth recapping of them. The first... Uh, was uh, on May fifth, twenty eighteen, just recently. The um, the Raptors had uh, staged a huge second half rally in Game Three. They fought uh, from seventeen down to tie the score one hundred three, one hundred three, with eight seconds left in regulation. Uh, rather than put the uh, Raptors in a position to keep their season alive, uh, LeBron uh, had the opportunity to uh, to create a legendary moment by taking the ball full court, dribbling to the left side of the key and uh, having a one-handed runner off the glass to uh, give the Cavs a 3-0 lead in that series and completely just you know eliminate any chance, of course, that the uh, Raptors had of getting back into that series after playing a tough and uh, spirited game. And I, I think I misspoke earlier in, in saying that that, that uh, shot came in Game 1 of the series, but actually came in, as we're saying here, Game 3 of that series. So, uh, so obviously an incredible one. And in terms of the degree of difficulty, probably the toughest one that he has on this list. Yeah, no, this uh, this one, uh, April 25th, 2018, Cavs versus Pacers, Game 5, and this is one we mentioned as well. Uh, Indiana fought back late. It was a 95-95 tie, uh, and they had a chance to win. James came up with a huge block on Victor Oladipo. Really fun uh, game here in Cleveland. Gained uh, possession of the ball with three seconds left. LeBron caught the ball, took two dribbles to his left, and nailed the three-pointer from about 45 feet away. <laughs> so it was some ridiculous. pretty far away. It wasn't 45 feet, obviously, but very far away. Nailed the three-pointer, and yeah, just gets the win uh, in a huge Game 5, too. Really a, a transformative Game 5. Had the Pacers won that game, um, really different series, maybe, and then they really have a chance at actually... Um, you know, taking the series, but uh, Cavs come and, and, and obviously defeat that and we'll beat them in seven, as we mentioned a little bit earlier. Uh, it's recent memory. You know this. You remember this game. We don't have to tell you all about this one. Yeah. This isn't history. <laughs> happened two weeks ago. You're good. Or two or three well, weeks ago. You know it, this. It's actually history. It is technically history, history, but come on. It was three yes. weeks ago. You can look it up on your yeah. own. um yes so another one a little bit further in the past uh, may 10th 2015 uh, Cavs versus uh, bulls uh i guess this is the last time that uh, lebron uh, owned uh, the bulls if if i'm not uh, mistaken so uh yeah because this was the end of the thibodeau era so uh game four of the series uh chicago uh, actually was ahead in the series 2-1 and had built a 11 point lead late in the game but the uh, Cavs rallied. Uh, it took the lead for a bit, but then they had seen that lead disappear with less than 30 seconds left in the uh, fourth quarter. Uh, Derrick Rose tied the game uh, with 8.4 seconds left in a driving layup. The Cavs had the ball with no timeouts left. Uh, and um, LeBron tried to win the game on a layup from the right wing, but his shot was blocked uh, out of bounds. And uh, there was some there was some issue here. Yeah, this, this, yeah, this was the game where David Blatt... Uh, attempted to call the timeout that didn't exist and the referee i believe was scott foster basically ignored him and uh because if they hadn't then the Cavs would have you know lost the ball and the the uh, bulls would have had a a shot in that situation and basically the Cavs would not have been able to win the game but, right right yeah i forgot uh, about that yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's obvious too in the replays that he's like very feverishly calling for a timeout and foster's yes. just not listening and, and like tyloo runs out and like you know tries to stop him from doing it yeah. so yeah and but um Matthew Delvadova inbounded the ball to the baseline from James, uh, who popped out in the left corner for a three-pointer that uh, led, led the Cavs to win the game, tied the series, and they would ultimately uh, vanquish the Bulls uh, from there. And this was also – that was a, a – much was made there where LeBron uh, overruled David Blatt on what the, the play was and uh, decided to call his own number for what was probably a less efficient shot, but he was able to uh, to, to pull it out and, uh, to, and, and to win the game. Oh, the David Blatt era. Who could forget? <laughs> Next game here, May 22nd, 2013. Uh, Pacers Heat uh, match up two of the best teams in the Eastern Conference at that point. Uh, Pacers star Paul George did all he could to try and lead Indiana to the win. Uh, first sent the game in overtime with a clutch three-pointer of his own and then nailed three free throws in OT to give Indiana a 102-101 lead with 2.2 seconds left. Uh, that was more than enough time for James, though. Uh, he took an inbound pass from Shane Battier, drove the lane to the left side, and nailed the layup to seal the 103-102 game. 
102 win in game one. And this is an awesome series, too. It's like kind of a fun little... I don't know if it's lost the time quite yet. Maybe in, in a few years we'll see. But these uh, these Pacers-Heat matchups were awesome. Like, there was times where the Pacers legitimately looked like they could possibly upset the Heat. Roy Hibbert's at the top of his game. David West is playing great. Paul George. You got Lance Stevenson blowing in the ears. We'll, we'll talk about that here in a little bit because obviously they're going to pop up in a lot of these worst games as well. But, uh, yeah, some real fun series here. And I really hope that they don't get lost to time because they, they were really, really fun. Yeah, they were yeah, they, they, a lot of fun times during the time. Yeah, I, I, I hope I'm, – I'm hope, hopeful we'll get, like, a good book – or a documentary or both that capture that heat era because that really like is is rife for some deeper exploration and some more you know kind of behind the scenes and in-depth and you know uh, myth making type stuff because that was some that was some great times and obviously it's been a little while since it hasn't ha- been quite enough distance yet to have that kind of stuff for it but you know I'm, I'm excited for to, to delve into that stuff and learn more about that team and that era and be reminded of things you know that I saw that you yeah, obviously just get lost in time and obviously so those those Pacers heat battles are certainly um you know up there. Yeah, certainly. Uh so um and our last one, uh, already referenced it, but uh, May twenty second, two thousand and nine, the Magic versus Cavs uh, game two. This is I think was is one of the more memorable uh, shots of LeBron's career. It's definitely one of the top ones on the highlights. That you know very distant. Uh, three-pointer that he took to win the game even though they the Cavs did not win this series it still stands up there as one of their more remarkable ones and uh actually the Magic had they were down 23 in the in the game but they were able to take the lead 96-95 he just sure glue had a 11 uh, foot jumper with a uh, one second left on the uh with one second left on the uh shot to play uh, yeah, so it left one second left and there so there was very little uh, time left obviously and uh yeah it was an inbounds pass from a Williams and LeBron basically only could uh, turn his shoulders toward the rim and fire and he did and it was uh it was dramatic game winner so exciting stuff remember this one as well and I forget who um I forget who the guy there was what the hell is his name I should look it up there was some terrible Cavs player that immediately ran up to him uh what was uh what was that dude's name Oh my god! Here, let me look it up real quick. I, I know because I, okay. I remember like the first person he like like now it's like Seti Osman is the guy who always like comes right away and, and says I gotta find out who this guy. Is. Well, they're in position. You know, the worst players need to be the ones who stand out there. Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah oh, Sasha Pavlovich the... was the guy. I remember oh, him okay. like running up oh. immediately. And it's like the famous is like LeBron jumping. And the first person he has to reach is Sasha Pavlovich. Yeah. It's like yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It. But yeah, Seti Osman's the guy now who's just like right there, ready to do it. Like yeah, man. Like please. Let me come back next year. <laughs> like I really want to, but I think uh, you know. To be fair, I think um, I think Sasha played a lot that. I mean, I I know he he didn't like produce all that much. But uh, I think he played a yeah, I, I think he was playing like he played a lot in two thousand seven. I, I think by two thousand nine he wasn't playing quite as much. Yeah, but maybe I mean, maybe it wasn't yeah. him. Maybe I maybe I'm getting the wrong guy. Maybe I'm mixing up uh, game players. Okay. But maybe let me. Yeah. Oh no, he was, he was still on the team there. No, he was still on the team. All right, it was definitely him. Yeah, then. yeah, it was definitely him. Okay. All right. Good. Confirmed. <laughs> yes. Confirmed. You, guys, so, you guys were all curious, and it, it was Sasha Pavlovich. So there you go. Yes. So we, we wanted to uh, track a LeBron's career playoff highs in uh, each category. So, uh, so I thought that might be fun. In points, we've mentioned both these games, but uh, 49 points in um, May 12th, 2014 against Brooklyn. May 20th, 2009 um, against the uh, against the Magic. Uh, assists is a his most is 14, which he's done uh, three different times. And um, rebounds is a 19 on uh, May 13th, 2010 against Boston. Uh, and of course, the, the was an infamous series for him, but certainly uh, he had a good effort there in that game. Uh, six steals on May 15th, 2012 against Indiana. Five blocks May 7th, 2011 against Boston. And uh, his highest game score, as we talked about, May 20th, uh, 2009 against uh, Orlando, the first game we talked about in this series. Um, for some reference, it is the 13th best playoff uh, game score in NBA history. Number one is Charles Barkley's uh, 52.6, which happened in the 94 playoffs against Golden State. Uh, most three-pointers was uh, seven. It was April 30th, 2006 against the Wizards. And most minutes was May 5th, 2006 against uh, the Wizards as well. So 53 minutes. Yeah, a lot of minutes there. Um, all right, yes. let's get to worst games here. So these are the worst games of LeBron's playoff career. Uh, this is actually kind of interesting because uh, this week, um, not on calculus, uh, Bo Schwartz Madsen wrote a piece about uh, LeBron's worst playoff games, and they used, you know, obviously some fancy graphs, as not on calculus is wont to do, so it's good stuff there. Uh, so check that out. I believe if you just look up LeBron James playoff highs and lows, it- it'll come up here. So a lot of the same games we reference here, uh, they talk about. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, this is going to be a hot take and, and surprising to people, but it turns out LeBron has had more good games than bad uh, in the playoffs. So that is, uh, that is, uh, 
you know, you can take that as a as a fact that you can go to, you know, your your water cooler and say, hey, you know, I found out that LeBron's had more good playoff games than bad ones. You know that anyway. Uh, two famous bad games of James's career that uh, we're going to talk about here. They don't uh, they don't rank out as like his all time worst, but they're definitely ones that. Um, historically and, and, and uh, narratively have, have kind of popped up a little bit. Uh, May 11, 2010 versus the Boston Celtics. Uh, this is a 32-point loss by the, uh, the the Cavs versus the Celtics. LeBron scores 15 points on only 3 of 14 shooting, has 7 assists, 6 rebounds. Uh, his game score was 9.1. It ranked as the 11th worst playoff game score uh, of his career. So not uh, not the worst, but uh, not great either. Um, more than anything, though, the loss put LeBron's Cavs down 3-2 in the Eastern Semis. Uh, this is a team that had won 61 games in the regular season. This was also LeBron's uh, contract year, so tensions were very high the summer LeBron was on the way here and the Cavs basically thought that if they uh didn't win the NBA finals that he was probably going to be gone and they were correct in that assumption because the Cavs of course would lose the next game fail to make even the Eastern Conference finals and then he'd move on to uh, Miami and uh, obviously take his talents to South Beach and whatnot but um a, a quote from the game score as well it said his team's down 27 points in a promising season suddenly in per, uh, peril LeBron James walked off the floor to a smattering of booze and a row of empty seats if this was goodbye Cleveland it wasn't the send-off he imagined and this uh, is important because had he not come back to Cleveland this would have been his last game uh, as a Cavalier because uh, this was the last home game here they lost obviously in game six uh, if they had won game six game seven would have been in Cleveland and that would have been a very tense game as well but uh, of course they lost in six so did not happen and then LeBron moved on to a uh, I yeah. guess greener pastures. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I suppose it was for, for you know. Eventually, it was, but yeah, I went to game one of that series, and uh, the Cavs won by eight. You know, it was a fairly, um, you, you know, they didn't have too much of a hard time. It was a competitive game, but it wasn't like you know, there there was no fear at that point that you know they weren't going to win the series. It just they they seemed like clearly the favorites uh, uh, d- during that time for whatever reason. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, Boston cleaned them pretty well in uh, Game Two, and then Cleveland won pretty thoroughly in Game Three to um, you know to kind of they were kind of season control there, and then yeah, Boston just kind of took over uh, from there and um, and won the next three games, most of them pretty handily. So especially that Game Five that. You know, it's kind of the, the most infamous one mm-hmm. um, there just because it just, yeah, just he seemed like he's very passive. He yeah, seemed like he just wasn't the most into into it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he, he apparently had a elbow injury at the time that was, you know, limiting him and uh, so forth. And um, yeah, and again, it, it's more of a bad game by his standards as opposed to, uh, you know, like, a, you know, like a... Um, a bad game for anybody else. You know, it was, it was like, yeah, it wasn't a good game. Definitely. But I mean, he was still contributing on a lot of levels. Um, and if you watch it, he definitely, something didn't seem right there. And there was, of course, a lot of people kind of felt like he was quitting on Cleveland, which I don't think is entirely fair, but, um, but nevertheless, that was kind of the reputation at the, uh, at the time. Yeah, no. And I remember that being the, being the game stories is all LeBron's given up on him. And then like in game six, he has an incredible game. and does everything that he can to have them win, but yeah. it's just like, they were just, you right. Know, <laughs> I mean, he, yeah. I mean, game, he, had, he had like 10 turnovers in that game too, but I mean, he, the effort was certainly there. Sure. You know, yeah, the, right, right. It wasn't his most effective game ever, but yeah, he definitely, um, you know, he was he was putting everything that he. It seemed like he was putting everything that he could yeah. into it. Th- this one definitely stood out though. There was a weird something weird in this game that just didn't quite feel right for him. And yeah, yeah, like yeah. Said, no, no question. The elbow. Yeah. It could have been. It could have been something. It could have been maybe yeah. his mortality. You know, <laughs> yeah. awareness of well, mortality well, or something. I don't know what the hell was going on in this yeah. game. But it was, and, it was definitely a weird one. Th- there's, I think, a common thread in this game and the game that you were going to talk about in a second is that LeBron has this weird thing where you know he just he does seem to get very passive and very tentative in certain situations where you know maybe just it's something where he's so smart about basketball and just such he knows you know almost everything that you know he's famous for his memory he's famous for like knowing everybody's plays he has this you know his vision is able to kind of like see what guys are doing and you know what kind of everything that's going on and if there's something that he can't figure out it just seems to like um really rattle him you know a certain thing it doesn't happen that often obviously but it obviously it's happened in you know, two very big situations in his career that have um you know for better or worse not, not to find him because obviously he's come through in so many great situations and has all these things but have kept you know have been ammunition for his critics that don't want to see him as being as you know great as he has been in his career. Yeah, and this is another game that you mentioned here, June 7, 2011 versus the Mavericks. This is in the NBA Finals. Uh, Heat were up in the series 2-1. Uh, James in this game scored only 8 points on 3 of 11 shooting. He added 7 assists and 9 rebounds like we said, even when he's bad, it's, it's still pretty good. Uh, but interesting, this was the first time in the 2011 playoffs that LeBron failed to score double figures, and for more fun facts, this is one of only two times in his career, and this is in 
including this year and including you know today uh, that LeBron has failed to score in double figures. The other being May twenty eighth, two thousand fourteen versus Indiana. We'll get to that one here in a little bit. Uh, overall, this uh, this snapped a uh, four hundred thirty three consecutive double figure scoring game, uh, both regular season and postseason. So this was definitely an uncharacteristic, uncharacteristically low scoring game for LeBron. Uh, made three only three of eleven shots as we mentioned. He made a tip in during the first quarter, then a thirteen foot jumper and a breakaway dunk in the third, and uh, he failed to score in the fourth. And he took only one shot while playing twelve minutes. So like you said, it seems like a, one of those weird sort of oddly passive games that he has. Um, overall, James, he had a 5.9 game score in this game. It's the fifth worst of his career. Uh, and moreover, the loss was the first of three in a row as Miami lost the NBA Finals to the Dallas Mavericks, of course, the first year of the Big Three Miami. Uh, James averaged only 19 points for the remaining two games, but uh, definitely wasn't his usual self because the rest of the playoffs, he averaged 25.1 points per game, 8.5 rebounds per game, and 5.6 assists per game. And that was in the previous 17 games uh, that playoff series. So yeah, it was like a weird thing where he kind of, I, I don't know, yeah, it's one of those weird things where, like he just kind of it's like, damn, Dallas has us, so whatever. <laughs> like, I'm just going to, yeah. you know, he averages 19 points, not bad, but like, you know, when you're averaging 25, it, it, it definitely was uh, uncharacteristic. And I think it, it does also prove that, you know, teams go out of their way to stop LeBron. And this was a big thing in, in Miami is where, you know, they, and, and this first year in Miami too, there was kind of an uncertainty of like, who's going to take the big shots, who's going to take this shot. The next years, everybody kind of realized that LeBron's probably the best guy. He should just kind of do most of the stuff and, and Wade and Bosch then kind of became not, not necessarily secondary pieces, but definitely the, the one B and one C to LeBron's definite one A, you, you know, where as this, sure. it was like a very weird, like, okay, you know, LeBron, you know, Wade's turn, LeBron's turn. Sometimes Bosch gets his turn or whatnot. And, and yeah, it was just like, they hadn't quite figured out exactly the, the, the formula and had quite figured out the team too. Cause if you remember this Miami team was basically just like, you know, random ass, you know, old veterans. And it was before they had really kind of built a, a nice team around uh, the big three and, you know, guys like a Shane Batty is and whatnot who are all really good contributors but yeah it's a interesting game yeah and this one in particular only one of two games where he scores under double figure or, or, or yeah under double figures on his entire career uh even to this point so it's pretty nuts that that just never happens and he had nine so he's really close but it just didn't quite uh, right didn't quite get there yeah it, exactly yeah and he um yeah it, you, as you talked about like Miami at that point I mean they obviously had great talent but they it was not great fit and they hadn't figured out the style they really wanted to play either that was going to kind of maximize everything and they would figure that out quickly but yeah uh lebron you know talked about after the toronto series this year of you know Dwayne casey was you know the the top defensive assistant for the maps that year and talked about how like you know he didn't play well in that series that Dwayne casey you know designed some great defensive schemes that you know really took him out of the uh, game and you know of course they had um, the Mavericks had you know, Tyson Chandler there protecting the rim you know they had some pretty good guys to defend um, LeBron like uh, you know Marion and, and and such so they you know they had good personnel to do it but um, it, but LeBron kind of credited that for as being a turning point for him to kind of like need to he need to be more versatile and need to be able to, to do more things so he was you know um, more difficult to, to stop and that obviously led to what we t- talked about before with you know adding the versatility and adding you know more variance in his career and you know being able to score from the post and being able to shoot better from outside be more efficient and you know all that kind of thing so he that was a big lesson for his, for his career and he hasn't really had I mean obviously he's had bad games since then but he's not had the same kind of like you know seemingly fail like in the big moment like every time the big moment has come. Now his team hasn't always won, obviously, but I feel like there's never really been a situation since then where it doesn't feel like LeBron, you know, didn't deliver like he should ha- should have. Is you know, in quotes there, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so other games that were bad, getting uh, getting back to Boston. Uh, four of LeBron's 10 worst playoff game scores came against Boston there, his nemesis. <laughs> uh, the worst of all, though, May 6th, uh, 2008 versus Boston, game one of the Eastern Conference semifinals in 2008, of course. LeBron has a negative 0.7 game score, which is actually the worst ever for both his playoff and regular season. Uh, the regular season worst was a, a random negative uh, 0.1 versus the Warriors in January of 2006, so just a random game here. Uh, Boston's stifling defense held LeBron to only 12 points. I said only, you know, obviously 12 points is still pretty damn good. Uh, two of 18 shooting though zero of six from three 10 turnovers and uh, it's actually pretty remarkable how close LeBron comes uh, to a triple double in this game it's like his worst playoff game as I said like an unquestioned worst playoff game 12 points nine assists nine rebounds <laughs> like you know what I mean like on its on its face if you to look at you know not the shots and, and the turnovers or whatnot like a near triple double in your worst game uh is definitely uh, uh not too bad here but um 
LeBron after the game says, I missed a lot of shots I know I can make. Uh, I missed layups. Those layups I've made my entire life. So he's definitely dejected afterwards. Uh, worst of all, Cleveland lost the opening game of the series 76 to 72. That's a, that's a gross final score there. But uh, Cavs coach Mike Brown says he had a tough time and he's entitled to it. Knowing him, he will definitely bounce back in game two. And yes and no. Uh, LeBron uh, scoring was better in game two. He got 21 points, but still six of 24 shooting with seven turnovers. Uh, Cavaliers dropped game two as well. Uh, LeBron would eventually get back on track later in the series, scoring 35, 32, and 45 in the final three games of the series. Ultimately, though, Cleveland would fall in the semifinals, and Boston was on their way to an NBA championship. This is the first year, of course, of the big three, uh, Garnett, Allen, and Pierce. Uh, Cavaliers come back strong the following season, winning 66 games, and then obviously the Hedo-Turkaloo thing happened, and then, you know, other, you know, the history, as we know, then the next year, Boston happened again, and then they took us down to South Beach. But, uh, yeah, this is his worst overall game, negative 0.7 game score uh, against the Warriors. Still 12 points, 9 assists, and 9 rebounds, though, so not bad. Yeah, not, not, not too bad. So uh, some other clunkers, um, May 28th, 2014 against uh, Indiana. This was game five of the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, the uh, Pacers were desperate to keep their uh, season alive at this point, uh, and they played the one of the most fantastic games that they had ever played, uh, and while forcing LeBron into one of his worst. Uh, LeBron battled foul trouble all night, which he's pretty rare in um, his career. He doesn't generally deal with a lot of a foul trouble, whether it's just he's good at avoiding fouls or the refs call it that way, either way. Uh, and yeah, he had a playoff career low of uh, seven points. Is that, a, is that, do you know if that's a career regular season low as well? Or uh, you know what, let me fire that. Let me, let me find out. Yeah, let me, uh, let me do yeah. a quick little search while we're, uh, we're here. Cause I uh, imagine that's, yeah, that's definitely got to be pretty, uh, pretty up there for sure. Let's, let's yeah. see. Uh, LeBron only had two rebounds and four assists in the uh, game, um, and yet LeBron and the Heat lost. They were unable to close out the Pacers, forcing the series to a uh, Game 6. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty rare stumble for the Heat in an elimination game in the Big 3 era. Uh, three other times, the Heat lost Game 1 on the road, but all three times, they won the next four games to close out the series. Uh, and... Um, this game is also sort of famous for uh, Lance Stevenson being involved. Uh, this was the game where he attempted to enter the Heat's huddle, and later in the game, he blew in LeBron's ear. LeBron's quote was from it was, I'm just here to play basketball, man. All the extracurricular activities, I don't really get into. Just trying to win. We need one more win to get to the finals. That's my only concern. All the extra stuff, whatever Lance wants to do, I don't really care about that. <laughs> and, uh... LeBron would do okay. Uh, Responding game six, he would score 25 points, 8 of 12 shooting, and uh, Miami would make the uh, finals for the uh, fourth uh, straight season. Uh, things would not go so well in the uh, finals as they would uh, lose to the Spurs, and LeBron would uh, take his talents well to the uh, Lake Erie. Because, uh, <laughs> so, not quite as exciting as South Beach. No, no. <laughs> it's gone well for him. I've never been. I've never been. You have, yeah. obviously. So you can. Right. Uh... I, I've been. I mean, it's, it's a nice enough lake, but it's not quite South Beach. I, mean, you know, <laughs> I don't um, mean to betray Ohio on that, but that's it's the truth. Yeah. Uh, as far as uh, playoff or regular season career lows, uh, his worst ever is versus Houston. He had three points. This is only in 17 minutes, so I don't recall what happened. 2004 um maybe he got hurt or twisted an ankle or something like that he only took five shots and he, he missed all five shots that he took so i'd imagine there's something there because yeah he never really plays only 17 minutes yeah. um it was a rookie maybe just yeah yeah, yeah i have no very early on yeah yeah exactly um other ones he scores four uh, against the clippers in 2003 you're gonna notice a, a theme here uh then six uh 2003 against pistons uh seven 2003 against denver like and these are really early i mean these are november games you know what i mean so this is like still yeah. cleveland hasn't decided oh we should just give the ball to lebron every single game and yeah. let him do everything they, they haven't traded ricky davis yeah right probably, ricky's still yeah, getting his so, at this point yeah, right. unfortunately yeah, so. and then uh 2007 <laughs> a rare one against uh, milwaukee as well he scores uh only eight points in 43 minutes uh but otherwise yeah that's it i mean there's in terms of double figure games or under double figure games got one two three four five six seven eight only eight his entire career under double figures. And one of them is definitely a game where he got hurt. And the others are like his rookie year. So incredible. Like, yeah. And yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. yeah. So right. all, but so seven of the next, seven of the other ones are like the first month of his rookie year. <laughs> that's incredible. Okay. So right. that's like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's basically just Ricky Davis taking shots that he doesn't need to be taking because LeBron should be taking them. So that's about it. Yeah. So otherwise, if you get Ricky Davis out of the equation, LeBron scores double figures, pretty much guaranteed uh-huh. every single so. game. So, so worth noting that uh, LeBron has only fouled out twice in his uh, playoff career. Uh, they um, and they were both were losses: June third, twenty twelve against Boston, and May twenty eighth, twenty thirteen against Indiana. Uh, in twenty twelve against Boston, LeBron still had twenty nine points, twelve fifteen shooting. Um, and uh, Mikael Pietras drew the uh, critical file <laughs> foul on LeBron. I forgot that he played for the Celtics uh, at, uh, at at that point, but. Uh, 
And uh, also, interestingly, Paul Pierce fouled out of the game. By this point, he'd only done that five times in 11 games in his uh, career. Uh, this was uh, this was a really tough series for Miami against a you know Boston team that definitely was aging and was dealing with injuries. But uh, Miami would eventually win the series and win the NBA title against Oklahoma City. But it would uh, take uh, seven games to do so against uh, Boston. I, I know that LeBron had one of it, we didn't mention it, but LeBron had, had one of his most incredible games in his uh, career uh, in this uh, series as well, especially considering the circumstance of you know being down three two in that uh, series and you know uh, the disappointment that would have been felt had they lost that series and you know the criminations about you know whether this heat thing was working out at that point uh, you certainly would have been felt absolutely uh next game that uh, falls out is uh, against indiana 2013 as we mentioned i like the boston game uh, lebron scored pretty well and played pretty well he had 24 points on eight of eight, uh, eight of 18 shooting i would fall out in a loss similarly uh this is game four of the so kind of remember so we talked about the game before against boston here are the similarities here so this was game four of the eastern conference semifinals it was a game that allowed the team to tie the series at two in a series that LeBron's Heat would eventually win in seven games. So it's exactly the same scenario as the year prior and all those things. All you do is swap out Boston with Indiana. But uh, James was called for a technical foul in the first quarter, and he had four fouls over the final 12 minutes of the game. The last was an offensive foul. Uh, after walking from one end of the court uh, to the Miami bench, uh, James then sat dis- uh, disbelievingly on the media table and spent the final 56 seconds mumbling to the officials. Uh, and LeBron's quote was, it was a couple of fouls that I didn't feel like were fouls, personal fouls on me, but that's how the game goes sometimes. So very rare uh, fallouts there by LeBron. And uh, yeah, that's kind of it for like his really terrible games. Like there's, you know, we'd really be nitpicking if we're like, yeah, this game, he had like a 15 game score. That really stunk, right? <laughs> like there's not really many others, so... Yeah, I mean that's pretty that's pretty incredible. Obviously, that it, there are so limited number of games where you know he's, um, you know, where 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 you can say like, oh yeah, he was bad in that game. I mean that's that's just like almost uh, that's it's almost hard to believe, you know. Yeah, like his, just to give you an idea, his sixth worst game worst game score here is a six point seven. He scores twenty six points, has nine rebounds, and and two assists. Like it's you know it it you really yeah. I mean in terms of games under ten game scores, there's only twelve of those under ten uh, game scores. So that's like yeah, even his worst games, he's still contributing pretty well. And then we mentioned the two you know negative games that he has the the negative zero point uh, seven uh, and then negative zero, and then those are the only two negative game scores. And that's it. I mean that's right. you're really otherwise you're just kind of nitpicking if you're picking games that you know. He was, you know, eight of twenty-three. <laughs> like, you know, it's a with twenty-four points and ten assists. It's like, all right, yeah. I mean, I guess that's bad. But, but. yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the the most recent bad one was uh, in the current series against Boston on uh, on May thirteenth, twenty eighteen, where he was. Uh, it was fifteen points, seven rebounds, uh, nine assists. Uh, there were seven turnovers, so that obviously that was high, uh, and on, only five of sixteen shooting. So uh, yeah, obviously limited game there, but that's it's still you know contributing on a lot of levels despite the. Um, you know, d- despite it obviously being on the lower end of LeBron's uh, games in his career. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and just kind of give you an idea where his numbers rank uh, compared to other all-time greats. Uh, criteria here, look, we're doing that 50-plus playoff games because obviously you don't want to just, you know, do five playoff games because some random dude might, might show up here. So 50-plus playoff games, it feels like you're probably a, a pretty great player if that's going to happen here. Uh, and yeah, as far as the overall playoff numbers, just to kind of give you an idea, this is as of this recording here, 230 games recording this, as we mentioned on, on Sunday, uh, the, the 20th, May 20th, uh, 230 games, 49 wins shares averages of 28.7 points per game 8.9 rebounds per game and seven assists per game uh michael jordan has the next closest win share total at uh, thir- uh 39.8 over 179 games so obviously uh, far fewer games uh, but pretty close in terms of win shares about 10 down and win shares uh jordan's averages 33.4 points per game 6.4 rebounds per game and uh 5.7 assists per game i just get an idea here only Derek fisher tim duncan robert ori and kareem have more total playoff games than lebron uh, who obviously he has the added benefit of, you know, the seven game series in the first round, but still, it's still very impressive. Uh, and he's 29 games away from Fisher. So he almost inevitably become the all time leader. Like, I think, I think it's probably understood that LeBron will probably have 29 more playoff games in his career, unless anything, you know, awful happens in the next uh, little while. But uh, yeah, he almost inevitably will become the all time leader uh, in playoff games. Uh, and after uh, LeBron and Jordan, uh, Duncan is third in total win shares uh, at uh, 37.8 so his averages Tim Duncan's averages to kind of give you an idea uh, 20.6 points per game and 11.4 rebounds per game uh, Kareem over 237 playoff games his averages is 24.3 points per game uh, and 10.5 rebounds per game and of course those numbers are pretty I mean if you look at his you know first half of his career I'm sure those numbers are way more gigantic but they'll you know some of those later Laker playoffs where he was just kind of a I want to say a role player because obviously he still played an important part of the game but his scoring figures weren't weren't quite as gaudy as high so I'm sure that kind of dragged it down a little bit here but um 
I just kind of give you an idea in terms of where he ranks in terms of those different stats. Uh, only Jordan, Jerry West, and Kevin Durant have higher scoring averages than LeBron. Uh, and LeBron has more assists per game and more rebounds per game than every single one of those guys as well. So, you know, those three score a little bit more than him, but LeBron definitely has more assists and rebounds per game than those. Uh, and just to give you an idea, this is I thought was fascinating too. The only guys with higher assists per game than LeBron in all-time playoff games are Magic Johnson, John Stockton, Rajon Rondo, Chris Paul, Oscar Robertson, Isaiah Thomas, Kevin Johnson, Steve Nash, Bob Cousy, Jason Kidd, and Russell Westbrook. And yeah, that's uh, <laughs> I mean that's a pretty I mean to be among that list is, is is definitely I mean those guys are all you know a few of them I mean, obviously Russell Westbrook is is a big time scorer and a few other guys are pretty good at scoring but a lot of those guys are known as, as as some of the elite point guards of all time and LeBron's right up there with them and he's also just you know an elite scorer an elite rebounder and all that sort of stuff so it's uh it's just crazy I mean LeBron good and uh, very good in the playoffs as well just an unbelievable yeah. output <laughs> playoff uh, uh, historically for for him yeah we we agree with Joe Kim absolutely yeah he's very good so. So yeah, um, yeah, great stuff, Rich. This was a uh, this was a lot of fun. Like I said, delving into some some things that we, that we remembered, but some things I definitely hadn't uh, thought about in a while. So it was uh, it was good to check some of that out. I might uh, revisit that uh, Wizards uh, Cavs series from two thousand and six. See some of those uh, game winners and some excitement there. I don't know if the style of basketball will be my favorite, but that's okay. It's uh, I think the excitement there will uh, match up. Plus, getting some prime Gilbert Arenas, he was a fun player to watch. Oh yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, I mean he's obviously been yeah. lost to. You know, the time yeah. for for better or for worse. He, was, he, was, <laughs> he he wasn't very good, but he was pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Know, yeah, guess. it was it was fun to yeah. watch him. I mean, more, more than anything, it was just fun because he he definitely represents a different era. Um, you know, kind of the, the late Gunner era, and he definitely works well. And that's a fun team too. I mean, the, the Wizards had a had a bunch. As long as they're not wearing those hideous gold uniforms, I'll watch the game. But oh, yeah. I'm not I'm not uh, watching right, anywhere wearing the gold. I I, I, I refuse right. to do I, it. But I can I can respect and understand. That, yeah, so. <laughs> that's for sure. All right. Uh, yeah, this is fun. This is really good. I enjoyed this. Yeah, well, thanks everyone for uh, checking us out. Uh, you can uh, find us uh, at the uh, step back at uh, fansided.com. We are on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, pretty much anywhere where you uh, listen to uh, podcasts. If you want to uh, give us a rating and review on your favorite uh, podcast player, we would greatly appreciate it. It uh, it helps other people find the show, and it more importantly, it satisfies our egos, which are you know very fragile. Mm-hmm, so very uh, so positive reviews are appreciated. And uh, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook uh, at Over and Back NBA in both places. So uh, thanks for listening, and we're back again soon.